And it is Saturday, October 7th, 2023. Welcome back to another episode of No Butts About It. This is very odd for me in this very sense because Josh is also on the show today. Felt well enough to come and join us today for this epic NFL discussion that we're going to have over the course of this week. We had a lot of different news and we have some other discussions regarding the Jets, as well as the Lions, as well as Monday night and Thursday night football, and then obviously our Sunday picks going into tomorrow. But first and foremost, before I get started into any of that, welcome back to the show, Josh. It is great to have you back on here. Thank you for letting me host, even though you're back here today. What's going on with you? How are things? Uh, yeah, so I felt well enough to record today. I don't have to lay face down anymore. I don't have to lay on my side. I can move around. My doctor said I can look at screens again. I just uh, can't be super violent with the head movements. So I miss doing this. And I literally texted Chuss like 15 minutes before the show started and was like, hey, what are you talking about today? Because I didn't plan to be here. That's why Chuss is still hosting because I knew what we could talk about, but he had a plan already. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited to be back. I enjoy this. I missed it. So, uh, thank you for hosting Chuss. You've done great. Thank um, you. But let's, let's get this show on the road. Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, you know, I know this is like almost a week old. We've already had another Thursday night football game played between the commanders and the bears, but I do want to switch back to last week and talk about the lions, Alvarado, how is your journey going with watching the Lions so far? I mean, they're three and one right now. It's almost like you're giving them some really good luck going into this season. How are you feeling about the Lions overall? They're looking pretty good. How do you think that they uh, matched up against Green Bay? And what are your thoughts going into this week? You know, going into Green Bay, I thought they were doing really well at the start. Kind of got a little worried, though, towards the end. I could kind of sense it was going to be, you know, it was a good blowout at the first half, but then little by little, Green Bay started coming back, and they're a scary team. Once they get going, they kind of start picking up a little bit, and then it's just turning into, ooh. But thankfully, they took away with the W. The other game, even before that, against Atlanta, 20-6. to six, I thought that was really, really good. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird because when I was first starting to watch the NFL, I picked the Lions because, you know, they – aren't necessarily the best team out there. They have zero Super Bowls, so I can't really be called a bandwagon. And it's cool seeing a team be up in the rise. They're three and one. And you know that game they lost, I think it still could have been taken as a W. So yeah, it's a bright future to be a Lion fan right now. But then on the other aspect, it's just as an NFL new fan in general, you really start to notice all the drama or things that happen outside of the field as well and how much little injuries can impact the game, such as like going into week five. Not exactly sure how our star wide receiver is going to, if he's going to be able to make it or not, or even Gibbs, our rookie running back, is he going to be <laughs> able to play? Because right now from what I recall, he was listed as questionable for week five, but you know, I think right now we're on a high. Uh, I think they have good momentum winning two games in a row. And I really don't see why we can't beat the Panthers, who are currently 0-4. But alas, we've seen it happen in the NFL, just like we did with the Bears. We'll see what happens. Anything, anything is possible. But what a great time to be a Lions fan and a new NFL fan in general. It's fun seeing 
so many people go crazy over little things such as like T Swift and Kelsey. It's entertaining. Annoying, but entertaining. <laughs> what what's going what's going on with Amon Ra? Because Trust mentioned this before the show started and I, I must have missed it. What's going on? Does he have did he get injured during the game or get injured at practice? What's does anyone know? Um yeah, I I think it was just a reoccurring like it was just an injury that he had during the game last week uh he it looked like this past week he had been limited in practice because of this said injury and because he was limited he eventually became like a non-full participant in practice because they were using as like a precautionary to the point where on friday he didn't practice at all and now his playing on sunday is like in doubt and they're saying it oh, no, there's a chance he could still suit up, but he hasn't practiced, like, nearly at all, all week. Like, he has limited participant, but it's not actually in practice. It's, like, on the sideline doing other things, like other reps and stuff. So they're really not sure what to expect with him. Like, he could play, but there's also a chance he doesn't. But, yeah, I'm not entirely sure where the injury stemmed from. I mean, he's been kind of, like, in and out dealing with some injuries over the last couple of weeks, so I'm not really that shocked. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Because he did that Lambo leap. In, at Lambo, and he got that beer poured on him. That's why he's injured. I mean, that is that is a good possibility. I mean, that, <laughs> hey man, you said it, not me. But but you know, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, you know, Alvarado. You know, you did mention um, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, and kind of once it kind of makes me want to like revert to this other topic that might be a little bit of a sour conversation for Stan. But Travis Kelsey was in the building against the Jets. And, you know, who else was in that building was none other than Taylor Swift. And it hurt my soul whenever I saw the NFL post that the Chiefs are 2-0 and as Swifties in their Instagram and Twitter bios after the 23-20 win over the Jets. Now, there's nothing to be disappointed for because I think the Jets looked pretty solid, but What's going through your head right now, Stan, when it came to that Sunday game for the Jets and the Chiefs after that heartbreaking loss and some questionable penalties and a lot of stuff that went on during that game? Uh, after that crazy Bills comeback to start off the season, that's that's definitely my uh, second favorite game uh, of the year, and it was really exciting. Um, I you, you know me, I used to be a big Zach Wilson supporter, and recently I've kind of soured on him. But seeing him step up in a big way on Sunday in a primetime slot, it meant a lot to me as a fan. Um, and the big question for me moving forward is, how will Wilson translate this to long-term success? I mean, Wilson became the first ever quarterback to get more pass completions, um, more touchdowns, less interceptions, and more yards against Patrick Mahomes in a game. Uh, that's kind of crazy that Zach Wilson was the guy to do that. You know, Mahomes has played Brady a few times, so... Uh, it means a lot to me as a fan to see Wilson stepping up. It was weird, though. I mean, I really didn't know where, where it all came from. Even the first quarter of that game looked really questionable uh, for Zach Wilson. So to see him step up in the second quarter moving forward, uh, it was very cool to see. Um, the team overall did a really good job. I mean, we got two interceptions on Mahomes. Earlier, we got three interceptions on Allen. And I, I think we'll see at least one against Wilson uh, on Sunday. Um, but I think we're, we're stepping up. We're getting a little bit of a of – a, of an offense, really. You know, we're, we're making plays, we're moving downfield. The one thing I think that stood out most to me was 
early on in the game, Wilson was trying these very simple uh, slant routes, curl routes, the very basic stuff that quarterbacks, you know, start the games with, that they build uh, build up on, and he did not look good there. It wasn't up until he, he really began pushing downfield, going for these 20-plus yard passes, where he actually began looking comfortable. And, and that's one thing with Wilson, where that is where he succeeded in the past. So I think maybe it's a, a good time for the Jets coaching staff to, to change their game plan a little bit. You know, the Aaron Rodgers style worked well, but we don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. So how do you go ahead and take that game plan, make it work for Wilson moving forward? Um I'm a little bit upset that Wilson performed so well simply because <laughs> now I don't think the Jets are going to push as much to get another quarterback in the building before I, before the trade deadline. I think if he didn't perform well, I think we'd almost definitely trade for you know a, a quarterback to enter this building. But it looks like now I would guess our season is going to be on the shoulders of Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm hopeful. But every time I felt hopeful for Zach Wilson before, he stabbed me in the heart. So I'm, I'm begging you, Zach Wilson – Please, please, just just play well. Do do what you did on Sunday for the rest of the season. It will be all right. Um, I'd like to believe that my uh, it was it was this podcast actually where you know I was tearing him up on the last episode I was on. I want to say that Zach Wilson saw that podcast and he saw he he looked into me and he saw you know <laughs> the pain I've been through as a fan, and he translated that into success on the field. So Wilson, we know you're a fan of the show. You know we're talking to you right now. Keep it going, man. Zach Wilson, yes. if you're listening, thank you. Please send us an email. We'd love to have you on the show. Um, actually, I, I have two things real quick. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, oh, a few weeks ago during the preseason, you said you'd be open to Zach Wilson starting again after Aaron Rodgers' era is over in New York. And then, like you alluded to last week, you said he should be out of the league. So you switched up pretty quickly there. Now where are you? I don't know. I mean, I, I thought I thought I've seen everything from Zach Wilson. Uh, if you asked me this before Sunday night, if you asked me this on Sunday night in the in the first half of that game, I would have said that Zach Wilson should be gone. I, as as a Jets fan who interacts with a lot of Jets fans, I think that's what the entire fan base was feeling, and it's after this game. I'm going to be honest. I don't think it really changes that much for me. Right, because one game that could be a fluke. If Zach Wilson can do this, you know, let's say a third of the games this season and the rest of the games is just an average quarterback, I think he could stay. But if he if this only happens two or three times this season and the rest are as bad as the Zach Wilson we know and hate, then I'm ready to move on. So I really think it depends on on, on what he does throughout the next few weeks. Um, even though it was great to see him perform well, I don't know if this changes my opinion on him. Uh, quite frankly, if, if I had the decision based on what I've seen this season, I'm still saying cut him off the team. Um, but once we see a little more uh, consistency from him, you know, we see a few different performances like this for the season, and we don't see the really terrible four-pick, three-pick performances, I think then we can look at giving Zach Wilson the reins in the post-Rodgers era. Okay. And then number two thing, something I noticed, and you again kind of alluded to this, was it seemed like the uh, offensive coordinator had created a playbook and adjusted for Wilson now to where it seemed like most of his receivers were not in the same area but on the same side of the field. 
so that Wilson's reads were kind of all within his peripheral and he didn't have to scan across the field as much. Um, Rodgers has always been very good at scanning across the field and so you could spread out the players more. Do you think that's something that helped Wilson be able to perform the way he did? And if so, when you keep going with that, are you scared that you're kind of limited to that one half of the field? Um, I think that's a that's a yes and no type of type of answer. I mean, yes, it is definitely a weakness to only be able to throw to one half the field. But I would disagree with your breakdown there. I don't know if that's exactly what's happening. Um, I think the, the the one of the concepts that Zach Wilson loves throwing is the dagger concept, right? So with a dagger concept, you need wide receivers to line up on that side of the field. So I think it was it was more of the uh, the coaching staff giving him a playbook that he could he could work with and that he felt comfortable throwing uh, inside of. Now throughout the rest of the season, I'll, I'll, I mean, we'll have to see if he if that continues and to what extent. But if the defense, you know, run with an amazing coaching staff by the Chiefs was unable to stop him, uh, unable to stop Zach Wilson, and they've been to how many Super Bowls in the last five years? I think we might be okay. Um, I think for Zach Wilson, yes, that might be a weakness if he cannot grow from that. But I'd imagine that was more of just giving him kind of a stepping stone, giving him an easier transition into a full NFL playbook. And I, I also do – I will say I do disagree with your breakdown and say he was only thrown towards one side of the field. Okay. And Josh, did you have any other questions? No, I didn't. I just – I assume you're going to ask Stan if he's a Swifty because – Oh well, yeah, uh, Stan. How you how you uh, holding up over there? What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Um, I like the last second of every song. That's my favorite part. Uh, yeah, um, honestly, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah. Um, Jets ownership are Swifties. That's what they said. I saw that. Yeah, you are I, not. I am not. Now there was a um, there was a video that I I saw. Um, it was from this account that I follow called Overtime Day. It's a guy that I follow on Instagram. I followed him for a while now. And he was interviewing fans at the Jets Chiefs game that were like clearly like just Taylor Swift super fans. And uh, he was going up to them being like, would you rather have front row tickets to Taylor Swift or I forget what the other thing was. And he w- and they would always like, oh, I want front row tickets to Taylor Swift. And most of them were like, I don't even know which team is which i just know of travis kelsey and taylor swift and i was just like this is just ridiculous like i think i sent it to you josh or i sent it to sent it to somebody yeah, but was i like, was like jets win a super bowl or jet or chiefs win it someone wins a super bowl one of the, i assume chiefs I, I, guess. I, I i guess it was chiefs because there was one person wearing a jets t-shirt and she was like if and she was like i only wore this because it was the only thing that i could find and she because she was like i couldn't find a chief shirt in time for the game so i wore a jet shirt and then they were like, would you rather have a Jets Super Bowl or Taylor Swift front row tickets? And they were like, Taylor Swift front row tickets. And then she was like, and she was like, did you know Travis Kelsey before two weeks ago? And they were like, no. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Sauce oh. Gardner's Sauce Gardner's not a Swifty. Stan's not a Swifty. They can form a club. It's it's a Jackson Mahomes, all of that stuff all over again. It's, it's the, the Chiefs are becoming one of the most annoying fan bases in the NFL. Oh, they have. Yeah. They have. And, yeah. I, and it's one of those things for me where it's like, it's not even, it, it's, it's at this point, it's not even like the fan base is being annoying itself. I mean, they are at times, but like, it's the outside like influences that are making it even worse. Like, mm-hmm. because obviously like, you know, Steelers fans can be very, 
very, very vicious and vocal. And now there's even, you know, you can even say that the Eagles, like, obviously they have a very, very angry fan base over there too. Like they can be very, very aggressive at uh, home Eagles games to the away fans. But nonetheless, I mean, with Chiefs fans, the, the fan base is just, I think of when I think of Chiefs now, I think of Jackson Mahomes and Taylor Swift. And that is not how I want to view them. So won't be buying any uh, Chiefs merch anytime soon. I don't want to be associated with that, in my opinion. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> but um, but moving past that, uh, a little topic of discussion that I didn't get a chance to talk with on the show with my dad from earlier this week was Monday Night Football with the Seahawks and Giants. Now, Stan, I know that you're more of a Jets fan than a Giants fan. Josh, I know you also watched the game. I only caught bits and pieces of it. Uh, the rookie, Alvaro, I don't know if you caught any of the game or what any of you guys had when it came to opinions on the game. Wasn't a really good look for the Giants. Josh brought up an interesting stat about only having the lead for, what, 19 seconds? They've only had, this- the Giants have only had the lead this season for 19 seconds. I believe that's still true. Yeah, which probably is still valid. The Giants, once again, put up very, very poor numbers and uh, put up three against the Seahawks. Now the Seahawks are definitely a better team than, you know, many consider, but I do think the Seahawks are pretty decent. But nonetheless, uh, what did you guys all think about this game? Like, what did you think of the overall playing? You know, what's going on with the Giants here? Like, what's going on with the Seahawks moving forward after this win? You know, what what are your guys' analysis going into this game? Who do you want to go? For? I, I don't care. I, this is just to, <laughs> this is to all three of you. This is literally to all three of you because there's three of you on the show. So I'm just kind of throwing it to you guys. Uh, Stan, if you want to start, you can go. I don't know if any of you guys have one too many opinions more than the other. I don't I don't know. Like I'm I'm indifferent about the game. I couldn't have cared less. Me and my dad were like, we're just going to skip that game. So we didn't really care. There's it was that game. And then I think the uh, London game we skipped with Jacksonville. Like I, I, it was just some games we were just like, yeah, we don't really feel like talking about it, so we didn't. But I don't know if you did. You guys have anything? I mean, the Giants look terrible. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say: I am more confident than ever that the Jets are the best team in MetLife right now. Uh, <laughs> we mean, are that, representing that the city of New York more than the Giants are at this point in time. Um, I'll say that the the Giants, it's just they're looking worse and worse, um, even as you know they haven't had that Cowboys game again. But they're definitely looking a little bit worse as a team. And I think the main thing I'm looking at is, you know, their O-line's doing nothing. But Daniel Jones is also not really looking comfortable there. There's more infighting inside that locker room. Uh, we saw uh, Brian Dayball uh, scream at Daniel Jones on the sideline um, in the middle of the game. Not a great look. Threw the touch the Windows pad thing at him, too. Oh, I, I didn't even see that. But, I mean, <laughs> that that's even worse. And I think you're seeing – you're seeing a franchise that just really is is not looking good. Um, it might be time to move. I mean, I think it's definitely time to move on from the Daniel Jones experiment. This is his sixth year, if I remember, in the NFL. And if he can't make it work six years in with the same coaching or most of the same coaching staff and, you know, uh, a lot of resources given to him, I think it's time to move on from him. Um, Saquon, too, I mean, because of the injuries that Saquon has had, uh, the Giants have been hampered so much as a team. Uh, despite making the playoffs last year. Um, and, and they've had an extremely tough schedule to enter into the season. But that game against the Seahawks, having it being such a terrible game, a terrible performance by the Giants, I think that is extremely telling. So I think 
for Giants fans out there, um, it's time to to get excited for the draft where I've been as a Jets fan <laughs> for the last three years. So yeah, what, let's go, <laughs> let's go Jets for New York. Okay, wait, you're saying move on from Daniel Jones even though they just extended him, and he's got guaranteed, yeah. he's got guaranteed contract. So you're will you just want to eat all of that with? I think he's guaranteed at least two do- two years worth of his salary. So, I mean, I think the best bet for them is to trade him to a team that thinks they can make him work out. Kind of what the Jets did with Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, uh, put him with a team that believes they can make Daniel Jones work. And there probably are teams out there, you know, shop him around. I think Daniel Jones, I, don't, I can't imagine he's happy in New York right now. And I can't imagine the, uh, the management and the coaching staff in New York is happy with him. Now, I don't think this means Daniel Jones is a bad player. I, I think he's a decent player. Um, he reminds me of uh, like a Sam Bradford type of player. Like he could work around the league. He could be a starter level, just not a star, right? I think that's where Daniel Jones is. So there are teams out there that can look for a guy like that. Um, and, and I think you, if I'm the Giants, I'm trading him away and I'm finding a new quarterback to build my team around. Because I don't think you're going to win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. And, you know, this is the NFL. If you're not going to win one with him, let him go to a team that thinks they can. And you as a team move on towards a new direction. Because um, right now, I think for both sides, Daniel Jones and the coaching staff, it's just blame going around. And it's not a great situation for anyone involved. So I, th- I think it's time to part ways. Alvarado, do you watch the game? Do you have anything? The rookie has not watched the game because he is limited to just paying attention to like two or three teams. <laughs> hey, okay. You know what? That's that, that's fair. That's Honestly, fair. I mean, the fact that you're even being able to come on the show and, you know, talk some analysis on the lines is freaking awesome. So we just really <laughs> yeah. appreciate you being able to come on the show regardless of how many games you watch. I can't say I watched them all. So I didn't watch Monday night really at all. So. That's why I kind of left it up to you guys. But I know Josh was uh, – how do you feel about that Monday night game, Josh? I know you're very excited. Whatever the cornerback coach is doing in Seattle and has been doing for the last decade needs to be copied by every single NFL coach. They have the best cornerbacks in the NFL consistently. Richard Sherman, Ty- Tyreek Wolin, now Devin Witherspoon. And Stan's, Stan's giving me this, like, like what are you talking about thing? Devin Witherspoon <laughs> had seven tackles, two sacks, and a pick six for 97 yards against the Giants. Yeah, but that's against the Giants. Yeah, but the dude, the dude was on fire last week. How many, how many uh, pick sixes does Sauce Gardner have this season? Yeah. Zero, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. He's still a way better cornerback. <laughs> Devin Witherspoon popped off. I mean, he had he had eleven tackles against the Panthers. He had five against the Lions. The dude, the dude is a sleeper. I, uh, he was a top five pick, so I don't know if sleeper is the right word, but I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about him. And honestly, we hadn't really talked about him. But watching him during that game, we're gonna be talking about him. We're gonna be talking about. Him. He is fun to watch. Devin Witherspoon is my was my favorite part of that game. There was one point he got a sack. No one blocked him. Giants didn't even bother. They were like, this dude is so good. We're just going to let him through. I mean, uh, here's an (laughs) argument to that. The fact that no one blocked him on the sack shows that it wasn't really a very well-earned sack. (laughs) I mean, it was was just a bad offense he was up against that he was doing well against. So, I mean, I I do think Devin Witherspoon's a very good cornerback, but 
Um, I think you're definitely overhyping him a little bit there. I just um, think- I, I'd say I'd say Witherspoon's <laughs> performance was due to a lot of defensive breakdown that his coach was able to find. Um, you know, rushing a cornerback is not a very common thing, and clearly the Giants were not prepared for that. Um, so I think I think more of the issue was the backup O line of the Giants. Uh, with a very scared, very uncomfortable-looking Daniel Jones, led to a lot of uh, breakdowns. And I'll say that the the pick he had, uh, pretty much all all of all of the uh, turnovers in that game and the big defensive plays were due to Daniel Jones not looking comfortable and not making his reads. Um, in fact, on the one where uh, the coach got so mad at uh, Daniel Jones, where Dayball uh, used to threw uh, the pad at him um, on that pick, it was it was a very simple fix for Daniel Jones. He had a wide-open guy in the back. He had his best player on that team, Waller, wide open in the back. So it's more towards uh, Daniel Jones playing scared and not looking very comfortable. I'll say for the Seahawks, um, in their defense, I think I should think more of the credit is due to that defensive line that's providing those picks for him. Because the only reason those picks are getting thrown is because Daniel Jones is sitting scared in that pocket. Um, to that D-line, and, and I think really the coaching staff that made that D-line so effective, that rushed – uh, Witherspoon at the right moment. I think they deserve all the credit for that. Uh, Witherspoon, uh, I'm excited to see more from him, but uh, we'll see what he can do in the long run. I just think it's insane how consistently the Seahawks have great cornerbacks. I mean, Tariq Wollin's a great cornerback. He almost won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year, and some people think he should have won it over Sauce. I know you're going to disagree with I mean, that. But, um, and then Richard Sherman, arguably a Hall of Famer, part of the Legion of Boom. So, I mean, they've had consistent good cornerback play in in Seattle, and I think the rest of the league needs to look at what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, all right. Is it, so you're very high on Devin Witherspoon. I loved Devin Witherspoon. Is there any other takeaways that you had from the game other than Devin freaking Witherspoon? Uh, uh, the the – well, Evan Neal blocked his own offensive lineman at one point uh, during the Giants. Uh, their, their offensive line isn't great. Um, I, I often forget Darren Waller is even on the Giants because Daniel Jones refuses to throw to him. Or if he does, he somehow overthrows a six foot seven tight end. So um, that that's my analysis for that. Uh, Wasn't he like – Darren Waller used to be like goaded. Darren Waller was goaded with the Raiders. I needed him to uh, get, like, 10 yards one week in fantasy, and he didn't. So I was like, okay, bud, you're off the team. Traded him. So that's hey, – it's a cutthroat league. It's a, cut, it's a cutthroat league. It's the way it goes. But, but yeah, so so that that's Monday Night Football for you. <laughs> um, Monday Night Football, very uh, – not very eventful kind of – disinteresting but Devin nonetheless we'll talk to dog Devin and Devin Devin freaking Witherspoon is a dog for all the dogs Drake's album came out yesterday anyway um going and moving forward Thursday night football what what are you giving me that look for you said you said he was a dog and Drake dropped an album called for all the dogs which came out yesterday at 6 a.m well Pitbull so. dropped an album called track house for track house racing so if we're just plugging artists yeah well i mean it made sense but it because you said dog and the album was called for all the dogs but pitbull is a dog too so i guess it works anyway um thursday night football and i'm gonna this is only relevant for a brief for a little bit later on in the show but chase claypool was benched for the chicago bears game next thing you know 
the Chicago Bears after Dick Butkus passed away. Unfortunately, rest up, Dick, Dick Butkus. They went out and they absolutely obliterated. Well, I, I don't want to say obliterated, but they were pretty much destroyed. The Washington Commanders. Commanders didn't even stand a chance. Bears pick up their first win since Elon Musk bought Twitter in 2022. What? Oh my goodness. I, I, Josh, I know you were crazy about this game. I know you were texting like crazy in our four person group chat here. What did you, what did you see in this game? I mean, Sam Howe got me 25 fantasy points as he did you, but like what happened to the commanders? And after Chase Claypool, after Chase Claypool got benched, all of a sudden, DJ Moore decided that he was the best wide receiver in the league and decided that he was just going to get 50 fantasy points and get 200 receiving yards. What, 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 is, what is going through your head? Do you, do you think the Bears are legit, Josh? Do you think the Bears are going to be the best team in the next two years? What, what are you thinking about the Bears? I think that this was a fluke. I don't think the Bears are good. Um, okay. I, I – sh- Matt Eberflus has almost lost the team. There were rumors swirling that if he lost to the commanders, then they were going to fire him. There's suggestions that they should trade uh, Justin Fields to like the Atlanta Falcons or someone that needs a quarterback. I, I, I don't see them as a great team. Then on the other, I, I don't think that the bears won this game. Let me put it that way. I think that the commanders lost and I know that sounds like the same thing, but I mean, the Bears didn't play extra. I mean, Justin Fields played better than what we've seen him. I'll give him that. But the commander's defense was atrocious. Like, there was a point where Khalil Herbert got thrown a screen pass, and it looked like it was going to go for a loss of yards, and he ended up getting a first down because, like, five guys missed the tackle. It, You can't do that. Um Chicago somehow locked down Terry McLaurin or Sam Howell just doesn't throw to Terry McLaurin. I, one of the two, there were points where Terry McLaurin wasn't even on the field for some reason. I don't know why he's your best wide receiver. He's arguably a top 10 wide receiver in the league. Use him. Um, I don't know why Jamison Crowder's out on the field and Terry McLaurin isn't so that maybe he was tired. He had like 13 yards. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was tired, man. And Madden, my whenever my Chicago Bears Madden glitches, sometimes DeAndre Hopkins, Cooper Cup, and whatever wide receiver I have in this fantasy draft just decide that they're too tired to play after one drive, and then Gandy Golden goes in as my wide receiver one. Logan Thomas fumbled, so that's that's a thing the Commanders did. You can't do that. Um, Logan Thomas did have a good game, though. He did have a good game, but he fumbled. And they were there was during a good drive. They were driving down the field. And I think it might have even been to take the lead on that drive. I can't remember. But he fumbled, and you can't do that. I just – I am not prepared yet to say that the Chicago Bears have fixed things. First of all, only one wide receiver the entire game caught a pass on the Bears' side, and it was DJ Moore, which – that it helps explain why he had like 200 and some yards in fan, in the game. Cole Komet was the only, was the other main receiver. Uh, if you can't tackle, if you're literally letting a guy get 200 some receiving yards on you, that's a defensive problem for the Washington Commanders. That's why I say they lost the game. The Bears didn't win it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a good insight there. I mean, a lot of people are on this huge bearish train now since they won 40 to 20 over the Commanders. I also think it was a fluke. I think the Commanders are also still trying to figure things out over in Washington. I think it'll take a little bit of time, but I, I think the Commanders will be fine. As for the Bears, they benched Chase Claypool, and, well, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, Stan, Alvarado, do you guys have any other uh, insight regarding the Bears Commanders game on Thursday night football. Was it there anything that was super exciting to you? Were you pleased with anything? Were you disappointed? Do you guys think Bears football is back? I wouldn't say it's back, but <laughs> I think something to consider. <laughs> I told this about to Josh one on one, but uh, the last time the Bears won a game was October 24th of 2022. That is almost an entire year. So the fact that they were this close to going an entire year without winning a game. I think that says something wild. But, you know, what I'm still also trying to process is just everything that happens behind the scenes, the coaching staff, do the Bears still have faith in Justin Fields? And then I caught myself asking Josh the question, do you guys think Justin Fields is a good quarterback, but he's just maybe being mismanaged or he could do better in a different team? Or do you think it's just the Bears are just – bad in general and it's just not even a Justin Fields thing it's more so it's just the whole team all around or you know maybe he's a good quarterback but just being in a different team would probably suit him better I don't know what do you guys think I mean Sam? if I could jump in I just want to say I think they should have gone the full year without winning a game <laughs> that would have been awesome okay it would have been amazing and i don't know why they have to win this like game to the commanders that means nothing for them i mean they're, they're not going to come back and go to the super bowl just go the full year you know commit to it you know do something and i i was, I was very upset to see them win just because <laughs> i wanted to see that full year of losses that that would have been probably the highlight of the season for me um but i'll say uh, for feels I, I do think feels looked really comfortable in the pocket i i want to say i have to screw what josh was saying uh, while, yes, the commanders looked terrible, the commanders' rush was very good. And I really liked the poise that Fields showed um, in the pocket. Um, Fields and a lot of young quarterbacks especially, one of their big things is they don't know how to commit. And we were talking about this with Pickett and Wilson when I was with, uh, on with Chuss last time. And, you know, Fields, I saw a lot of committing. When he made a mistake, he stuck with it. And rather than making a bigger mistake, went down. You know, he threw it out of bounds. Uh, he knew how to commit to his decisions. And I think that's a big reason why the Bears did well, because Fields knew what he was doing. He looked comfortable out there. Um, yeah, I mean, DJ Moore was amazing. Um, I think most of his uh, – pretty much every big run, uh, big uh, play he had – uh, there was like three chances the commanders had to stop him, and they somehow messed up every single chance. Um, so the commanders' defense secondary, uh, their secondary looked terrible, but their O line, their sorry, their D line looked looked decent. And I thought that a lot of it just came down to Fields looking really comfortable. Now, uh, to to go off Alvarado's question now, um, yeah, I think Fields is a good quarterback. I think he can do a lot in the NFL, and I think that's what we saw uh, on on Thursday night. However, I don't know if he's uh, at the level where he could just go to another team and that'll solve everything. I think the being on the Bears might actually be good for him because he's dealing with a lot of adversity and he's he's fighting through a lot, uh, learning how to work in 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 a pocket without a, a lot of protection around him. And I think that's going to make him a much better quarterback in the long run. Um, I don't think he's going to resign with the Bears because after all he's been to, I mean, unless he's getting Stockholm syndrome, I, I don't know why he would stay there. 
Um, but I, th- I think when, when it's time, he's, he's going to move on and he's going to do a lot better somewhere else. I think we just lost the entire demographic of Chicago that was listening to this podcast. <laughs> after, uh, but it, it, it's sorry, it's Chicago. Fine. I will well, maybe maybe someday Chicago fans will come back whenever whenever we actually are <laughs> preaching highly of them. But right now we're not because the, uh, they are the Chicago Bears. Though I I think that they're not tanking. I'll give them that. A lot of people were saying they're tanking for Caleb Williams. They have the first two picks right now, um, and. Me and Joe talked about this with the Cardinal rule with where are the Cardinals tanking. And I, we both agreed they're not. Um, people still saying the Cardinals are tanking, but they don't look like they're tanking. The Bears don't look like they're tanking. The Bears are trying to win. They're trying their hardest, and they finally did it on Thursday night. So maybe Caleb Williams might not even want to go to Chicago. His dad came out and said, yeah, if the team sucks, he's just going to go back to school. So, <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, I mean – It'll be, yeah, it'll be definitely interesting to see uh, who ends up with Caleb Williams. I mean, once again, still very early on in the season. I mean, it always brings up that conversation that if a team even is, you know, like with Arizona or something like that, would you even tank for Caleb Williams? Because it's one of those things where it's like Caleb Williams is supposed to be a generational talent, but we've seen these so-called generational talents get taken and then they never do anything or they are very slow at starting not every generational talent starts out as like a dominant figure i mean johnny manzel alik trevor lawrence took a little bit to cook a little bit so but nonetheless i mean that that's a conversation for a different time you know we'll see where uh, caleb williams's projection is you know come the end of the season because obviously there's some other quarterbacks in there like uh, drake may and some other quarterbacks that might be considered in the discussion but, I, I just wanted to give Chicago fans a positive. You guys are not tanking. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's good. Good. I'm I'm glad that uh, the Bears are not tanking. Maybe they'll maybe they uh, maybe they'll prove Stan wrong and then they'll they'll finish the season um, uh, like undefeated and then they'll they'll <laughs> go on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they they're what uh, one and three. Yeah, they're gonna go uh, fourteen and three. And then they're going to win the Super Bowl, and they're going to actually beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and all the Swifties are going to be very upset. So that's my prediction. I'm going to throw money on it right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not that rich. Moving on. When it comes to the Bears, though, literally not even 24 hours after the game, Chase Claypool, who was benched for the Chicago Bears, was traded to the Miami Dolphins for a – sixth round pick so it was claypool and a seventh round pick in exchange for a sixth round pick and i don't know why the miami dolphins would do this trade not that they i mean it, there's no like real benefit there i mean they have great wide receiver depth it's not like they need any more but they're adding it there but now it brings up the question are the Miami Dolphins the next next team to go on that losing streak with the Chase Claypool trade? Is Chase Claypool the reason for losing teams? Now, I'm just saying that as just like a real big stretch. I don't actually think that. But nonetheless, um, yeah, what, what did you guys think of the trade? I thought it was a little weird just because they have the depth. They have Tyreek Hill. They have Waddle. They've got some good wide receivers on their bench already. Like, I don't really see a need for it. But, you know, 
Alvarado, do you have anything that you think with uh, Chase Claypool per se? I don't know if you know too much about Chase Claypool's background with the Steelers and stuff like that, or if you think it's a good trade for the Dolphins or not, or what's going through your head. Couldn't tell you. I haven't really been looking into trades much. I've been more focusing more on the round picks. I believe a few days ago, I just more so, not to change subject too much, but I remember reading somewhere that the Bears had the first and second pick for the draft. That's been what's catching my attention, so I haven't even really been looking at trades lately. Yeah, no, that's mm-hmm. that's cool. So when it comes to um, the, the Chase Claypool thing, though, um, basically just like in case – you know, like you didn't know Chase Claypool played for the Steelers. He was supposed to be really good. And then he ended up not being good. We traded him to the Bears for a 32nd pick, which would have been an equivalent of a first round pick because the Dolphins lost their first round pick last year. We got that pick. We got Joey Porter Jr. out of it. And now Claypool didn't do anything in Chicago. Now he's in <laughs> Miami. So uh, we don't really know what's going on with Chase Claypool. Honestly, there's really nothing much to analyze there. Honestly, the fact that you're looking at first overall and second overall picks for the Bears is actually probably better because it is interesting to see what they possibly could do with those picks. But nonetheless, we when it comes to Chase Claypool, though, like Josh, did, did you think that this Chase Claypool thing was anything special? Because I don't think it is. I, I think Mike McDaniel likes to just have fun. I, I think he, he went to the front office and was like, hey, we can get Chase Claypool for pretty cheap. And in his presser, he was like, yeah, he's fast. That was what Mike McDaniel said about Chase Claypool. Yeah, I like him. He's fast. So it seems to me like Mike McDaniel's just like, hey, I want to. I, we can win. We're, we know we can win. But can we win with this set of guys? Okay, now we're going to try this set of guys and just move it around. And um, I'll let Stan elaborate more on this because he's the one who actually brought up the point in our group chat. There is a drop-off from wide receiver two to wide receiver three in Miami. And so Chase Claypool might be able to help that a little bit. But I this just seems like such a Mike McDaniel move to me. And I love Mike McDaniel. I just feel like he ha- he's like, new toy. I want to play with my new toy. Bring my new toy to Miami. We're going to see what we can do with this new toy. But um, – Stan, what what did you mean? Well, I know what you meant, but elaborate on what you meant by uh, the drop off between wide receiver two and wide receiver three in Miami. Well, wide receiver two, Jalen Waddle, wide receiver three, Braxton Barrios, who was uh, pretty much a wide receiver four and five for the Jets last year. So he's not really the best wide receiver to have there. Now he's a great wide receiver. One of my, if you remember, one of my favorite players. Um, but. I think Chase Claypool has a chance to, you know, really get a better role on this team. Another thing that really stands out to me is if you look at the way the Dolphins play, pretty much all of their wide receivers alternate between playing a wide out type position and playing the slot. Even Tyreek Hill, I mean, I was looking this morning and he plays something like 40 to 50% of his snaps in the slot. And that's Tyreek Hill. Waddle does the same. So for Chase Claypool, if you remember with Pittsburgh, the big issue in on the Steelers team for him was he did not like playing the slot, but he was forced to. And I think that uh, ability to play both slot and wide out for Claypool, being a big figure who could run out there and uh, you know is fast enough to beat those cornerbacks, but could also come in through, through slants and, and beat uh, linebackers down the middle of the field, that's a really good weapon. 
Now, I do think he can become a wide receiver three. I think right now they have him listed way lower, but I think they're going to let him, if he plays well, uh, jump into a better position. I, th- I think he will. Um, Chase Claypool is a guy who we've seen him succeed, right? So I, I think a lot of what we're seeing nowadays with him not looking good is more due to, you know, not the best team with the, the Bears um, and having a little bit of issues uh, b- before that with the Steelers. So I think on a team where he's going to be allowed to do a lot, where he's going to be able to play both wide out and slot, I do think he's going to perform better. Um, and, and because, again, the Dolphins are a team that rely on having wide receivers who can play both slot and more wide out positions, I think he's a great fit for that. Um, and even though they're, you know, they're a division rivals, so I, I don't want to see them doing too well, but I actually do think he's going to be a weapon they're going to be able to use a lot. And, and again, with that wide receiver two to wide receiver three drop off, they have a lot of guys in that who could be wide receiver threes. We're talking about chosen uh, Robbie Anderson, right? Um, he should be a wide receiver three, but he hasn't been playing well. Um, and they have, they have a few other guys uh, uh, and a couple injuries there in the wide receiver room who could really step up. So I, I think he has the ability to get a decent role on this offense. Now the ball's in his hands, uh, hopefully quite literally, to perform well and, and to do something with it. Um, another thing is Tua is looking amazing. You know, Tua's getting the ball out there. He, had a little, he didn't have a great game against the Bills, but he's still playing well. So you have a good quarterback now, a stable quarterback. You have a really good quarterback number two. I think the Dolphins are going to be making a playoff run. Um, even if they, they can't get that first uh, spot in the division, I think they're definitely going to be able to get that number two spot um, if they can keep what they have going. Uh, going, And you're going to want depth if you're going to make those types of runs, right? Because let's say Waddle goes down, let's say Barris goes down, having a guy like Claypool on the team, who, again, you got very cheap, it's, it's a great thing to have. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, if – if Claypool can actually, you know, become a solid wide receiver three, like if, if McDaniel can actually, you know, mold him into like a stud because he has the potential to be great. I mean, he's a six foot three athlete wide receiver. He's a tall guy. He has all the potential in the world to be good. I mean, back whenever he was first drafted with Pittsburgh, they called him Mapletron because he's from Canada. Like they, they think the Steelers thought that he was going to be great. And, Maybe it was just the schemes. Maybe it was something else. This is a very interesting scheme in Miami compared to what the Bears have been doing and obviously with Matt Canada's Steelers offense, which I'm not even going to discuss because I've discussed that so much over this past week. Um, So maybe Chase Claypool just needed one last third time's a charm, fresh air in Miami, and we'll we'll see what happens with that Claypool thing. And Mike McDaniel is such a good coach. Like He's already proven that he's an offensive genius. He comes off of that Shanahan coaching tree that, like, he's not – this is Claypool's last chance, I, I feel like. You can't say Mike Dan, Mike McDaniel sucks. He's not a good coach. You could say that about Eberflus and the Bears. You could say that about Matt Canada's offense in, in Pittsburgh. Can't say that about Miami. So this is his last Mm-mm. chance, in my opinion. No, I 100% agree. Because that's, that's kind of like what I was alluding to, is just like the idea that, you know, Matt Canada's offense had Chase Claypool running with it. He didn't look that good. He got traded to Chicago. Chicago, their offense hasn't done much. And like we've mentioned on the show already, they hadn't won in almost over a year, close to a year at this point. So, you know, this is their first victory and it didn't have Claypool on it. I don't think Claypool's necessarily the problem in Chicago. I don't necessarily thought Claypool was the issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers offense, but this will be his last chance. Now, I know that me, Stan, and Alvarado don't know much about this guy. Josh, you might have a little bit more information on this guy. Um, 
there was another trade that occurred apparently even though a couple of days ago it said he was released it says the 49ers acquired randy gregory for uh, and a seventh round pick from the broncos in exchange for a sixth round pick even though a few days ago it did say that he got released so i'm not really entirely sure what's going on with that josh can do you have any like further details on that or if this guy is good for the 49ers is he so randy gregory i remember when he got signed by the broncos originally like last year maybe two years ago he was with the cowboys um last year last year i pulled up his contract here so last year was when he went with the broncos he was originally with the cowboys cowboys moved on from him he was a free agent and this was kind of the same season that seemed like every team in the afc west was signing pass rushers this was the same season khalil mack went to the chargers so I, I was calling the AFC West Sac City. And then uh, Randy Gregory kind of disappeared. He wasn't really doing much. Um, they had signed him to a five-year five $70 million contract, and he was guaranteed $28 million at signing. So um, you, you kind of expected him to do well. You thought they were going to use him. Well, obviously, last year with the Broncos was horrible. This year isn't going great either. Um, And Randy Gregory apparently didn't like his playing time that he was getting. And he allegedly, this is the rumor, he requested to be released. Well, you thought that was the end of the story, okay? He got released. Um, What ended up happening is the 49ers stepped in and they decided that they were going to trade for him. And I thought that was an interesting team to pick him up because they already have a phenomenal defense. The you know if it if it's not broke, don't fix it. But maybe they just wanted depth in case someone like Nick Bosa got hurt, um, someone big like that. I don't know that Randy Gregory is going to necessarily see more playing time in San Francisco. Maybe they just want. Um, Someone, or I guess Nick Bosa is a defensive end, though, so he, uh, Randy Gregory's offensive or outside linebacker. But maybe they just want someone to rotate out with uh, these guys that are playing super well in San Francisco to make sure they don't get hurt as much. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know that it's going to be like a earth-shattering trade here that the 49ers are all of a sudden going to be way better than they already are because they can't really move up from where they're at in my opinion but it happened (laughs) yeah i just i was just kind of confused about it because i know there was conflicting reports earlier this week that he was released and then as of yesterday which was pretty close to when the chase claypool trade happened he also got traded to the 49ers very similar types of trades it was the player and a seventh round pick for a sixth round pick both very similar, but I just didn't really know too much about the guy and what he had been doing because he's just been kind of not doing anything. I mean, the Broncos haven't really been in the discussion that much over the last couple of seasons either. So, I mean, that's really not, you know, entirely the issue here, but, you know, it, yeah, it is what it he, is. He had, let's see, in 2022, he had two sacks, 12 tackles. This year he has nine tackles. Um, and one sack so far. So, I mean, he's not doing much. Compare that to when he was with the Cowboys. He had six sacks was his peak season. So, I don't, yeah, I don't could, think it's anything earth shattering. 
Yeah, I mean, he definitely could be doing better, but definitely not earth-shattering, as you mentioned. But um, when it comes to today, though, there was a contract extension that happened going into tomorrow's games, which hopefully we'll have enough time to talk about our picks. But, you know, the Colts did sign an extension for Jonathan Taylor, and Jonathan Taylor is expected to play tomorrow in the Colts game. He was signed to a three-year, $42 million deal. And this comes, you know, shortly after he was pretty much, you know, injured for the last couple of weeks. This is, you know, his first week coming back. Looks like the Colts are very high still on Jonathan Taylor. And, I mean, who wouldn't be? But, I mean, when it comes to injuries and stuff, some people change their opinions, change their minds. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a, it's a terrible move. I, I think, you know, Jonathan Taylor is still really good as long as he's healthy. And if he can stay healthy, I think he can be really, really good. I mean, after all, he was at the top of every fantasy draft board over the last year. So except for this year because of being hurt. So I know last year he was on the top of everybody's draft board. So but nonetheless, when it comes to it, you know, we'll just kind of roll with it. Stan, is there uh, any thing that you want to say about Jonathan Taylor getting that extension? You think this is a good move for the Colts or do you think that uh, they should have just kind of let him go after the next year? So do you think this extension was good? I mean, it's definitely a good move. And I think Jonathan Taylor also really enjoys being there, even though they haven't found the most success. It's it's very clear he loves the fan base, the city, and the team. So I think it's a great move for him as, as well as a running back. You know, we've seen a lot of running backs get injured, uh, especially when they reach Jonathan Taylor's age and not being able to sign that second, that third contract. So I think for Taylor, being able to sign that contract now, you know, get that extension in, make sure you're set. If you like playing the city, make sure you're, you're there for a bit. Um, and I hope he's able to find some success there. I'd like to see uh, some some better playoff runs coming the next couple of years from them. So we'll see what they can do. But, uh, you know, I, everyone loves Jonathan Taylor. He's a, he's a great guy, clearly loves what he does, and he loves that team. So great great for both groups. Yeah, no, I, I honestly agree. I mean, if he's happy there too, like, and he has been very content, he hasn't shown disinterest of, you know, playing in Indianapolis. Like, he, he seems to really love the fan base and love the team as you said. So I, I really do think this is a good move for him. And I think it's a good move for the Colts. Um, you know, Alvarado, did you want to add in anything uh, with uh, the Jonathan Taylor extension or did you have any opinion? No comment even. I mean, it, no it doesn't comment. matter. I mean, you guys pretty much already said it all. Yeah. Uh, Josh, <laughs> do you have anything to comment on it? I know that it looks I... like you're, you're smiling as if you're about to say something like super crazy. <laughs> I, I love, jo I love this. Um, there was so much drama during the, and the Colts are my number two team. I grew up a Colts fan. Um, I still live in Indiana, so like I love it when the Colts do well. And the whole whole drama this off season with like the between Jim Irsay, the Colts organization, and Jonathan Taylor with like, oh yeah, we're not gonna extend him. Oh, we can move on. You don't need him. They were like subtweeting each other or sub xing or whatever the phrase is now. And it was just like, it was like a soap opera, man. It was stupid. And we were getting all these reports like, oh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor's he's physically unable to perform, so technically we can't even extend him if we wanted to. And then Jonathan Taylor's saying, no, I'm not hurt. And doctors, are, doctors on both ends are saying, but it was just confusing. And then you had, on top of that, to just throw more gasoline on the fire, you had the whole running backs maybe going on strike, uh, because they aren't getting paid. Some were thinking about refusing to play. Josh Jacobs was sitting out. It was just a mess. And I was like, man, Jonathan Taylor was so good for the Colts. Like, if there was a thing in the 
offense that worked the last few years for the Colts, it was Jonathan Taylor. And now that they're kind of getting something going, they don't have Jonathan Taylor. I I like this for running backs because I do think running backs should get paid. Um, Bijan Robinson is currently one of the highest paid, and he's a rookie. That's ridiculous. And I think we've seen kind of how important running backs are now this off this season because so many have gotten injured. Uh, Saquon got injured. Austin Eckler got injured. Josh, I think Josh Jacobs has had some injury issues as well. Um, Christian McCaffrey's been playing super well. Uh, so we've seen the importance of the running back this season. Jonathan Taylor coming back for the Colts makes me very excited. I think Colts fans should be ecstatic because now you've got Anthony Richardson, who's looked fantastic. You've got Jonathan Taylor, who we already know is fantastic. This That backfield's going to be insane. You can now go to where Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss – Zach Moss has looked good, but now adding Jonathan Taylor into the mix for that offense, that's that's exciting. I am definitely going to be watching the Titans-Colts game this weekend. Yeah, and then, you know, you, you mentioned with uh, the Titans and Colts, you know, with our final segment for the week, um, we're not going to do scores. We're not going to do too much in-depth analysis because we, uh, we did a lot of in-depth analysis of the last couple of games for our teams and whatnot. But going into this week, you know, I'm just going to ramble off all the games up until what do you, do you, do you, Josh, do you think that we should ramble up until Monday as well? Or do you think we should just cut off on Monday? What, what do you think? Cut off on Monday. Else? We'll talk about Monday on Monday. Sounds good. All right. So we're going to roll here. I'm just going to, I'm going to say my pick and then I'll go Stan Alvarado, Josh. And then, you know, we'll see how, how many we get right. You can throw a final score in there if you want to, if not, it's no big deal. So first and foremost, Jaguars at Bills, even though they're not technically in Buffalo, they're in London. It's going to be played tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think the Bills are going to win this game. Not that I think the Jags are bad. I just think the Jags need a little bit more to get going because right now they're not looking like the same team that they kind of showed last year where there's that spark. I think they need that spark again. So I, I think Buffalo's really showing that spark after losing week one. So I think it's going to be Buffalo. Stan, what do you think? You think it's going to be Jags or Bills? Uh, no question to me that that's an easy game for the Bills, I think. I think the only big positive Jaguars have is that they've been in London a little longer, so they might be a little more used to it. But I, I think I think the Bills will still come out with the victory. All right. Yeah, I mean, that is a good point with the London thing. So, But uh, Alvarado, what, what are you thinking, Jags or Bills? You know, I'm going Bills. I just don't think Jags basically – have kicked it off really well, but I think they could also, I think bills will be the winners, but I also think Jags will probably maybe not keep up, but you know, they, I don't think they'll get blown away either. Maybe All right. Not a close game, but I still think in the end, the bills are going to win. Yeah. And I mean, as Stan said, maybe that influence of playing in London might help the Jags chances of keeping it close. So, all right, cool. So Josh, final uh, final opinion. What do you what do you think in Bills or Jags here? Looks like we have a little bit of a trend here. So yeah, I'm gonna go Bills. I mean, the Jaguars, like we said, aren't gonna have the jet lag, but the, Trevor Lawrence hasn't really impressed me much this season, and that Bills defense has been insane. So I'm going Bills. All right, cool. So second off game, one o'clock tomorrow. Saints at Patriots. Honestly, I couldn't care less about this game, but I think the New Orleans Saints are going to win. So I'm just not even going to further elaborate just because, well, for one, I'm not a huge Patriots fan and the Patriots aren't looking too good. Saints look maybe just a tad better, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Saints. Uh, Stan, what, what are you thinking? 
Um, I'm a little worried. I think the Patriots might actually come out with a win here. The Saints lost their last two. The last one was a really ugly one. The Patriots also do look ugly. So it's a little little, little weird, uh, both bad teams type of situation. But I think as much as I'm worried about the Patriots, I do think the Saints will pull through. All right. Yeah, definitely an ugly game. Hence why I don't really care about it. Anyway, Alvarado, um, which, 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 uh, which team do you think, Saints or Patriots? You know, they, like Stan said, they both have similar records. From what I recall, I think the Saints are two and two, and Patriots are one and three. I think it's going to be a close one, but I think this one, I'm going, I'm going to stand on this one. I think Patriots are going to just barely win it, and still, hopefully, maybe surprise us. Hopefully, we'll see. All right, and then Josh, final, final answer from you. It's uh, I am so- going New England. J.C. Jackson is back in the building. He looked great under Bill Belichick. Mr. Interception is back. New England's taking it. All right. So it looks like I'm outnumbered here. I think I think it's <laughs> going to be the Saints. The rest of them think it's going to be the Patriots. But nonetheless, Titans at Colts. This should be an interesting one, but I think it's going to be the Colts. I think the Colts just look a lot better. And with Jonathan Taylor coming back this week, I think it's almost like a no-brainer that uh, the Colts are going to win. So, And plus, on top of that, they're playing at home. Uh, Stan, what, what you think? In Titans or Colts? Close game, but Colts are going to pull out. All right. Uh, Alvarado, what you thinking? Mm, just to be different, and it's only to be different. Uh, Titans, because I think they're both about even out. They're both 2-2. Two and two, So, yeah, I'm going I'm going Titans, but just to be different. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's fair. And, uh, Josh, what you thinking? Definitely the Colts. I mean, come on. We've, we've seen Anthony Richardson. We bashed him a ton in the offseason. He's looked good. He led that comeback into overtime against the Rams, and uh, they still lost because Puka Nakua got a touchdown in overtime. But now they got Jonathan Taylor. It's it's Colts. It's easy, easy. All right, so so we've got uh, we've got the Colts here. It's uh, three three Colts and uh, one uh, Titans. And then when it comes to Ravens at Steelers, um. <sighs> As much as I want to pick the Steelers, I think the Ravens are going to win. They have a track record of beating the Steelers in Pittsburgh a lot over the last couple of years, as Pittsburgh has beaten the Ravens a lot in Baltimore over the last couple of years. So I'm going to go with the Ravens. You know, Kenny Pickett's still getting off that injury. I think there's going to be a lot to figure it out for the Steelers, especially going up against the Ravens. So I'm going to pick the Ravens as much as it kills my soul. I think the Ravens are going to probably win, especially after that monstrosity of a terrible game. But uh, Stan, what, what you thinking for the Steelers-Ravens game? I think I think you might be looking at a Ravens blowout, unfortunately. As yeah. much as I want the Steelers to win as well, I think the Ravens are just they're, – they're a much, much better team right now. No, I 100% agree. Uh, what what you thinking, Alvarado? Steelers or Ravens here? I mean, we're probably going to go with the Ravens, but I don't think it'll be a blowout. I don't think it'll be close, but maybe, maybe like nine points, ten points maybe. Hope for the best. Yeah, I mean, always hoping for the best. And Josh, what you thinking? Uh, AFC North matchup here. Is Cam Hayward playing? Cam Hayward, I think, is still out for the next five weeks because he uh, he had a torn groin. So. I, I don't think the Steelers are going to be able to stop this guy. Lamar okay. Jackson. I got to go with the Ravens. I hate it. All right. Yeah, I, I think we all just are kind of like, uh, but uh, yeah, Ravens probably going to win. But Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, Panthers Lions. I'm going Lions here. Uh, no, no, no sweat. I think Adam Thielen might pop off a little bit, but I don't think he's going to pop off enough for the Lions to lose. So, but I'm going Lions. They're playing in Detroit. Lions are looking solid. Stan, no question, Lions. 
All right, Alvarado, your big you know Lions. We're going with the Lions because you know they're they have a winning streak of two right now. They're at home, and Panthers are 0 4 right now. So I think they they have no reason to not be confident. But I think they should also keep in mind what happened to that Packers game. They started choking up a little bit. So let's just hope that's not a repeat. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is a good point. And then Josh, uh, what, what Br- you think? Bryce Young hasn't impressed me much. They need to bench him for my boy Andy Dalton. Uh, they're all Panthers are also looking for a wide receiver one. I think they should look into DJ Moore in Chicago. He's been uh, playing pretty well. Maybe uh, want to trade for him. I don't know. Might be might be something to look into. Carolina, uh, go going with the Lions here. All right. So so big big uh big Lions picks for all of us here. But uh, when it comes to Texans and Falcons, I don't know where you guys are feeling, but especially after that huge win over the Steelers. I'm going with the Texans here. I think Stroud's really impressed me. I think they're going to pick up a big win over the Atlanta Falcons, who, although aren't the worst, they're definitely not impressing me enough to have me think that they're going to uh, beat the uh, Texans this week. I don't know. I just There's something weird about the Texans right now. Maybe the Texans are starting to light it up because Stroud's making Nico Collins and Tank Dell look good. So Houston Texans, what you thinking, Stan? Falcons are coming off, I think, two blowouts now. So I, I don't think they're going to be able to switch it up this week. Uh, I think the Texans are going to pull through, and they're going to do it in uh, quite a dominant fashion. All right. So, um, Alvarado, what you thinking? You thinking? Yeah, this one I have not. I'm not really familiar with neither of the teams, so safe bets probably go with the Falcons. All right. Um, and Josh, what you thinking here? Uh, so I, I want to root for Jesse Bates. He's leading the league in interceptions right now down in Atlanta, and he's my boy. But you know, C.J. Stroud, he's he's looked really good. And he didn't look good to start the season off, but now he's probably the best rookie out there. Maybe Puka Nakua, but see, I gotta go Texans. I gotta go Texans. That's a that's a hard one for me though. Yeah. So all right. Now moving on to Giants Dolphins, and then we'll be done with all of our one o'clock games. We'll move on to the four o'clock's after that. Giants Dolphins both coming off of pretty decent sized losses here, but I'm going Dolphins here. They're in Miami. I think you know Miami's going to bounce back here. I don't think the Giants are going to be bouncing back after their atrocious last couple of weeks. So I'm going Dolphins all the way. What you think, and Stan? Dolphins or Giants? No question. It's going to be the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Alvarado, what you thinking? We're going Dolphins. They've been they've been killing it lately. All right, and Josh? Stan sounded in so much pain. Yeah, I'm going Dolphins. All right. So, so Dolphins. Okay, moving on. Bengals and Cardinals. Um, I'm going Cardinals because the Bengals don't have anything figured out. Stan, what do you think? I really want the Bengals to win. And the thing is, I don't think the Cardinals have that much figured out. I think the Bengals could come and, and, and switch things up this week. Um, I'm going to go with the Bengals. Yeah, just for reference, the only reason I said the Bengals don't have anything figured out is just because they they just they just they're just struggling a little bit. But I, I do think the Cardinals are doing just a tad better. But maybe the Bengals will heat up this week. Anyway, rookie Alvarado, what you thinking? Bengals are. You know, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna back the Bengals up. Uh, I think similar to what I said that first time the Lions beat the Chiefs, maybe it was just a rough start. I think the Bengals are having a rough start right now, but I think hopefully they'll figure it out. And both teams have similar records, one and three. So I think. This is a good game for the Bengals to uh, get their momentum going. All right, It'll be close, then, but we're going Bengals. Bengals, all right. And then, Josh, what, what are you thinking here? The Cardinals have been really good. They have put up a fight in every, even against the 49ers. Bengals might not have Trey Hendrickson. I have no idea where Burroughs' calf is. we got to get Jamar involved. We can win. We beat the Rams. We can win football games. 
I have to go on the Cardinal rule on Monday to talk about this game uh, with Joe Camo. I was invited on, and I don't want to go on a loser, so I'm going with the Bengals. <laughs> well, whenever you go on the show, just know that if the Cardinals win, make sure you say that just one. It just said that uh, that the Cardinals were going to win, just like I did for the Cowboys game. So um, now, arguably, this might be the game of the week here. Eagles at Rams here. This one is tough because the Rams, you know, they've got Cooper Cup coming back this week as well as having Puka Nakua here. You got a super, you know, decent Matt Stafford. You got Kyron Williams in the backfield. That's looking really good. And obviously the Eagles are 4-0. Uh, it's a, it's a tough one, but for some reason, something in my heart's telling me that the Eagles four and streak is going to get snapped by the Rams here. I think Cooper cup's just going to have a pretty decent game here coming back. And I don't know if, uh, the Eagles are going to be ready for Puka and Cooper cup and Kyron Williams. I don't know if the Eagles are ready for that, but what, what you think in Stan Eagles or Rams? Believe it or not, I do agree with you on this. I mean, the, the Rams, I think have one of the worst, uh, or maybe not one of the worst, but a very poor secondary. And I think with all of these amazing wide receivers that the Rams have, have built up, I think they're going to eat up that Eagles uh, secondary. It just is not looking good. So I, I think those cornerbacks are going to be on the, their back foot a lot in that game. And I think the Rams are going to win in a really high-scoring match. All right. Um, cool. So, Alvarado, what you thinking here? Fly, Eagles, fly. I'm going with the Eagles this one. I think they'll still be able to pull through and keep their good record. All right. And then, uh, Josh, what you thinking? I mean, the Eagles went into overtime against the Commanders that just lost to the Bears, that same exact team. Um, the Eagles' offense has been fantastic. The Eagles' secondary hasn't been great. It's not the same Eagles' secondary as last year. Um, Jalen Carter's looked really good, though, too, in defense. And if he can, if Jalen Carter can get to Matthew Stafford, I think he will. I'm going to say Eagles. Because uh, Matthew Stafford's been banged up a little bit, and I think Jalen Carter's going to look to add to that. So, give me the Eagles. All right, cool. So, it's kind of a split here. So, that'll be kind of interesting game tomorrow. Jets-Broncos, 425 game. Um, Nathaniel are... Hackett re- revenge game. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Jets. I, I, I think, uh, I don't know, I think the Jets are going to come out and surprise. So, because, I mean, I, they looked good against the Chiefs. I think they're going to go and, you know, pick up a win over Denver. Stan, what you feeling about the Jets? Yeah, I mean, I think this game also has a little bit of beef there, too, and I think the Jets are going to pull through. All right. Uh, Alvarado, what you think in Jets or you know, uh, Bronx? I'm going Jets, but also specifically they really surprised me in uh, almost coming close to being the Chiefs, and I think if they could pull that off again, I think they'll, they'll be able to win this game. So we're going Jets. All right, and then, uh, Josh, what do you think? I think Sean Payton's going to eat Crow twice this year. Uh, last year, he said that Tua was going to get benched for Teddy Bridgewater, and then Tua put up 70 points on his Broncos. And when Sean Payton became the head coach for the Broncos, he said Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible coach. Nathaniel Hackett's over in New York now as a coordinator. So I think uh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to get another dub, and uh, I'm going Jets. Take that, Sean All Payton. Right. Don't be, All right. don't be arrogant. So four four Jets to zero Broncos. Um, last two games coming up here. Uh, we've got Chiefs at Vikings. Um, I, I'm not too huge on the Vikings yet. I still think they have a lot to prove before I pick them to beat the Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win, you know, probably by like 10 points or so. So what do you think, Stan? 
I think the Chiefs are looking weak. I mean, they haven't really been looking that good this season overall, and they've they've scratched through some pretty poor teams. I think the Vikings are a team that is doing the opposite. They're playing really well, but they're just like they're they're on their back foot a little bit too much, and they're not completing these games. But I think against the Chiefs, I think I could we could see a big victory here. Um, so I think the Vikings might come out with the with the win. All right, uh, Alvarado, what do you think? Uh, you know, similar to Stan's point, uh, the Chiefs have. They've only lost to the Lions, but a lot of those games have been really, really close. Some might say the referee helped them, but <laughs> I don't know. I, there's just something about Kelsey, Mahomes, and that dynamic duo. I think they'll be able to surprise us, so I'm still going Chiefs regardless of what's been going on. All right, Josh? I had the NFL script leaked to me. Taylor Swift is probably not going to be in attendance for this game meaning the Chiefs are going to have to lose because Taylor Swift is the Kansas City Chiefs' new good luck charm. Go on Minnesota Vikings here. All right. Okay. Unless right. Taylor Swift attends, then the Chiefs will win. See, it's, it's... <laughs> So, all right. And then final game analysis real quick. Now, I said the Rams-Eagles might be the game of the week, but this also could be, and it's on Sunday Night Football. It is Cowboys at 49ers here. Ooh. This this game might be ridiculous. I have no idea what to expect. I don't want to root for them, but I kind of want the Cowboys to win. And so I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win. I, I want I want Brock Purdy's streak to be over now. I'm tired of hearing people talk about how great Brock Purdy is. So Cowboys, stand what you think. I think the 49ers are going to extend it another week. I mean, looking at the 49ers, they're such a consistent, just overall well-built team. And I don't see that with Dallas. I think Dallas has a lot of strength. But I think they don't have they have way more holes in that team uh, than the 49ers have. So I think the 49ers, with their far superior coaching staff, um, are going to be able to pull through, expose the weaknesses in the Cowboys, and secure a prime time victory. All right, and then uh, rookie Alvarado, what you thinking? Uh, you know, I really, mm, I don't know. I'm going to go with Stan just to be on the safer side. Okay. Why is Stan uh, the safe side? <laughs> I mean, Stan gives some good points, and I don't really know too much about either of these teams. I mean, he does bring up the good point. I mean, the Cowboys don't have everything complete, but they do have a pretty okay defense. I mean, after all, you know, I mean, they they have a good team, but San Francisco's is definitely 100 times better. But, you know, we'll see. I'm I'm still going to root for my cow, not my Cowboys, but the Cowboys. (laughs) I don't don't claim the Cowboys. Anyway, Josh, what do you think? I think uh, Trent Williams is going to make my, or Micah Parsons is going to make Trent Williams life hell. And I think that Nick Bosa is going to make Dak Prescott's life hell. So I'm going to go 49ers here. I mean, they haven't even used George Kittle yet this season in their winning game. So they, they're going to find a way to beat the Cowboys. Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius, so let's let's not play games here. It's the 49ers. Brock Purdy's going to prove that he's a franchise quarterback here. Real quick, I want to add one more thing. I know the show's <laughs> going a little long, yeah. but how many sacks do you think are, we're going to see in this game, Josh? Total or from per team? Total, total. I'm going to go eight. And I think most of them are going to be on Dak Prescott. But I think Micah will find a way to get to Brock Purdy a couple times. Yeah, I was thinking more on the lines of eight. I think it was going to be like, uh, for some reason, I think it's going to be like, I think I'm going to go seven. I think I think, I think think it's going to be like seven. I'm just going to go a little under than Josh. I think it's going to be uh, four on Prescott, three on Purdy. This isn't like, the it's going to be a price is right. Come on. 
Oh, well, <laughs> my bad for making a prediction. Um, Alvarado, what do you think? Oof, no idea, man. I'm going to I'm gonna pass on this one. <laughs> All right. But then Stan, Stan, how many sacks do you think there are? I think we're only going to see six, but I, I would not be surprised if we got to double digits. I would not be surprised at all if we saw 10. I think realistically speaking, we're going to see six, but there is a possibility if, especially that San Francisco O-line cannot hold up early on because you have some amazing rushers coming from the Cowboys. Uh, I think we could see a, a double-digit sack game. That's why I'm so excited. I, you know what? I kind of hope that it goes in and it's just a cluster. And I hope that we see 16 sacks. I really do. I think that would be so funny. I wish that all teams each had like eight sacks. Sorry, I said six, by the way. I know, but I know, but you said it could be double digits. And I said, honestly, kind of thinking about it, I think I kind of hope that it would be 16. Seven to 16. That's quite the jump there. Yeah, I mean, imagine though. Imagine it just turns into this thing where the O lines just decide that they don't want to play anymore. Alvarado skipped the question. John, All right, Stan we'll gave, go. We'll Stan go. We'll go range. in the middle. We'll go in the middle. We'll go with eight. Okay, so me and Alvarado are on the same page. Alvar- whatever your Stan gave a range of like six. No, to I, 10. I said my. <laughs> I said six. I said we're gonna see six realistically, but I really want to see ten. I think there's a small chance. I'd put a five percent chance that we see ten sacks. And if that happens, I'm, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love every second of that game. Yeah, and, and, and I said seven, but I would love to see 16. That's what I said, because no. 16 would just be funny. That's that's why I said it. No, uh, me and Alvarado are on the same team. High five, Alvarado. I don't know if you can – are we on the same – there we go. Oh, you're Relative. on that screen. You're, on, you're over here for me, so. All right. So, <laughs> does anybody else want to add anything else before we uh, clock off the longest-running No Butts About It show in NBA history? All right. Um, do you want me to do the spiel, Josh? You or do, do you the want spiel. To do it? You do the spiel. All right. Um, you know, Stan knows that I've been struggling a little bit with this, but I do my best because I read it off the, the screen. So thank you for watching today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. If you want to reach us, you can email us at No or bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That is the number two at gmail. What are you showing? It's an alternate timeline. I just found this. I'm sorry. It's an alternate timeline where Taylor Swift is dating Daniel Jones, and it's an AI art, and it's her throwing the tablet at Daniel Jones. Wow. (laughs) Is she in a Jags jersey, though? No, she's in a Giants jersey. It looks like on my screen, it looks like light blue. Oh, that's, that's why I was like a little confused. That's beautiful. Um, uh, okay. Um, Buy the merch. What? <laughs> what, the? what are Continue. you? Bull Moose Podcast 2. If you want to reach us, you can email us at bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That is the number two at gmail.com. Finally, if you would like to buy merch and support us from all over the country, you can check out our merch in the description below once again if you enjoyed today's show please like comment subscribe and if you want to tweet at josh you can tweet at him at josh underscore butts underscore 2001 on x so if you have any other questions comments or concerns you can leave them in the comment section below until next time thank you all for watching have a great day until next time do something nice for somebody 